Financial Scuddy, brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realties, higherprice.com. Jared, I give you a credit, though. Yeah. He's finally learning how to pronounce Shane Gosta Spears' name now that he's gone. It's <laughs> it's also it's one of those things that it like gets in my head when I know that part of the update's coming up. Mm-hmm. Gosta Gosta Spear, Gosta Spear, Gosta Spear, and then I see Not it and hard, I go. Shane G. Doesn't he have a nickname? Everybody has a nickname. They call him Gosti, I think. The ghost. Gosti. The last six letters of his last name are B E H E R. R E be here, which he won't be anymore. Oh, there, there you go. go. Perfect. Uh, wow. It's time for some social studies. Lauren Koval in for Sarah Cazell today to take us through all the activity on Twitter. What do you got for us today, Lauren? All right, guys, this is what I got for you at Bickley underscore Murata if you guys want to join the conversation. We're talking Suns. Suns fans, what were your biggest takeaways from Kevin Durant's debut? Uh, just how seamless and natural it all looked. There didn't seem to be a lot of confusion or gawking going on. It just felt like it felt kind of natural. Yeah. I, was, I was surprised by it. I shouldn't be, but I kind of was. It's impossible not to, though, because you look at players differently when they're wearing the uniform of the team that you root for. We talk, In leading up to Kevin Durant's debut, Vic, you're right on the money, by the way. We knew Chris Paul was brilliant. One of the best point guards of all time. When you watch him play in a Suns uniform, you have a different appreciation of how easy everything looks. We knew Kevin Durant was one of the best ever. He puts on a, a purple and orange uniform, and you're like, oh my goodness. Is he even trying? He's <laughs> so much better trying? than everybody yeah, else. Right. That was, I mean, very basic, but it's first glance uh, of, you know, of many glances. That's what I took away from it. I would say the West Coast Crypto Cowboy summed it up the best. It usually, it usually does. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That guy's got his finger on the pulse. That's Yeah, that's quite the sentence there. He said they are dangerous on both the offensive and defensive end now. Yeah. Ah, no doubt about okay. that. And Andy Page said, one, KD on the Suns looks like it will be something really special. And two, seeing KD in a Suns uniform can't help but think of Mikhail and Cam. Cam. Cam Johnson? Johnson? uh, 10 more points than Kevin Durant had last night. I do think that will, with each game, that will fade away. Just like all these other big trades. We're never going to get to the point where the Suns fan base collectively says, Mikel, who? Cam, who? It, that won't happen, <laughs> no. but it's going to be eased. I agree with this you. This is Jared. a little harsh, and but it, it's true. Neither of those players will ever be as good as Kevin Durant. No matter how good they get, they will never be as good as true. Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's accurate. All right, moving to the Cardinals. What should be most important when evaluating draft picks? We've got four options for you. Talent, fit slash need, character, or college success? Ooh, I like this question. Yeah, it's good. This is getting me ready for my next uh, my next career as an NFL general manager. Uh, Give them too much credit. Of those four choices, um, I'm going to go with fit and need. The Cardinals seem to be at least verbally leaning into that. To the need department. Yeah, yeah. it was always yeah. like for a decade. Best player available. Best player available. And which but we it, know that wasn't the that case. That really wasn't it either. It was the best player available that still met a need. Kind but, of. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or met a narrative. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I, I I think Vinny's got the right one. That's it's a good question. They're nuanced choices, but I think that's probably where I'm leaning to. All right. Well, forty eight percent of our listeners think it's talent, followed by thirty percent saying fit and need. 12% saying character, and 2% saying college success. I wonder what Todd Graham voted. Character. <laughs> Great character. I love my guys. So proud of my so guys. So proud of my guys. Character. Great character. Character. The String Bean <laughs> Dean says talent, fit, and previous success are all key, but Buddha Bakers don't grow on trees. Give me character, guys, all day. Uh, but he's got all of those things. He was successful in college. He's very talented. He fit well. And he's got good character. Well, then I'd say that's a what, trifecta? Yeah. <laughs> a, quad, a quinella. A yeah. quinella, yeah. Well, and Chris said, can't win without talent. That seems to boil down to the basic level there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Corp Shasta came in with driving ability is the most important thing he looks for. <laughs> Which is just on. too soon, Corp yeah. Shasta. Uh-huh. Too soon. All right, and go, heading back to the Suns, we asked, what should be the nickname for the new duo of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker? We've called them Kevin and Devin so far, but is there anything more creative? I made a lot of good responses here. The, uh, the, the guys in the broadcast last night said when you factor in Chris Paul with these three that online people are calling him the mid-range mafia. I like that, too. You throw in uh, DeAndre Ayton, and that mafia's got another member. I like that one, and I'm not feeling especially creative right now. So let's go. Let's go to the results. All right. Well, far from sober, said the golden <laughs> duo because of That's the Vinny's Olympic connection. Account. I'm sorry. Say wait, it wait, again. I, I interrupted you. <laughs> you're, all, you're all good. He said the golden duo because of the Olympic connection. Oh, okay. And then we've got some other interesting answers. Justin Kame says splash and cash. All right. Bingo Mate says finals champion MVP and co-MVP. That's a long nickname. Yeah, it's a long would nickname. Would be good to hear it. It doesn't roll off. On, the, on the, the range of the mid-range mafia, we had the midi committee. All right. The monsters of the mid-range. Ooh. We've got James Chaffin said the armadillo and the Gila monster. <laughs> I like this one. It's a, it's, oh, it's a clever God. twist on one that's already been mentioned, but our guy, Tall Tom, Kevin and Devin, attorneys at ball. Oh! <laughs> that's I like pretty that, good. Tom. Slim Shadesy. The Slim Reaper plus, uh, you know, Devin likes to wear Another sunglasses. one from Corp Shasta. He says Devin Durant. Little known... Phoenix Suns fact. They have had a player in their history named Devin Durant. Did you know this? I no. did not. A forward out of BYU. Wow. Wow, that is weird. How yeah. about the DB Hoopers? Like DB Cooper. Ah, I, I like that. Uh, I like that. Uh, Starsky and Hutch. That one's already taken. Yeah, there's, there's some good, yeah. We, we, our, I will say this. Our listeners are very, very creative. I like the itty bitty midi committee. <laughs> oh boy! No oh, boy is right. Oh, boy. <laughs> what? Well, no, there. That's a good way to end. 
All right, Jared, we got time for one last one? No. No. Come on. Okay. It's Come on, Jared. All right, okay, all right, go. Yes, yes, we do. Yes. All right. What is the Party dumbest pooper. thing you've Jared. ever purchased? Oh, the dumbest thing you've mm. ever purchased. <laughs> <laughs> Would you let her finish the question, Vic? <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, this is based on, uh, of course, Vince's trouble ordering a shoe organizer and instead getting a scarf. <laughs> I'm really pissed off about it. Mostly at myself that I got, I got taken. Vic, we didn't talk about what's the dumbest thing you've ever purchased. <laughs> um, hmm. I have an answer, right? By the way, ready to go. If you go want to ahead, think yeah, about it, yeah, please yours. do, please do. Once upon a time, I uh, I drove, and this was not in the eighties. I drove a nineteen eighty six Chevy Chevette. I used to say I drove a vet, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know what? If I have to drive this car, I'm going to treat myself, and I'm going to put a stereo system in it. And this car was designed in a way where even stereo installers were like, what the hell are you thinking? What are you doing? It took these guys about nine hours to install a stereo in this car, and it got stolen within a week. Oh, no. (laughs) And it probably cost almost as much as the car. Yes. Yes. That used to be such a big thing back in the day. When you bought vehicles back in the day, you had to put your own sound system in them. That that is not the case anymore. No, because the sound systems are are good now. Yeah. 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 I'll think about that, Lauren. All right. We're out of time. All right. We can go back to some sure. uh, listener responses. And I'll, I'll okay. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks Thank to you, everybody Lauren. who chimed in on social studies. As always, we appreciate the participation. At Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter is uh, where that goes down. Coming up next, we continue to bask in the glow of Kevin Durant's debut as a Phoenix Sun. It's finally happened. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Barada Mornings. Here comes Durant into the forecourt with a left-hand dribble. Crosses over to the right wing. Still on the dribble. Penetrates. Gives a little shoulder to Smith. Fades and hits from 16 feet away on the right side. KD's starting to feel it. He's 5 for 7 on the night. And a dozen points to lead everybody. Here's Jock Landale getting the inbounds pass. Dribbles left side and gives to Durant. Pull up 20-footer. Count it! And the foul as he gets knocked down to his backside. KD with a deuce and the damage. Yeah, as John Bloom on a couple of the calls last night from Charlotte. Suns beat the uh, Hornets pretty handily last night. Did not trail in the game. Jumped out to an 11-0 lead. And even when things got close, somewhat close, Early in the fourth quarter when it was Devin Booker and four bench players out there, uh, Book hit, or, uh, Kevin Durant and four bench players out there, KD hit jumper after jumper to put the game away. 23 points, 27 minutes, all in all, a very positive uh, debut for Kevin Durant, who talked about still uh, being in the process of building up his conditioning. Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel solid. Uh, like, this is about conditioning and getting in game shape, and I think each, each game I play, the more and more minutes I play i'll get there in terms of integrating kevin durant into things we got our first taste of it last night it's a process for everybody but monty williams had an interesting thought on it and uh the best way to get kd into the mix is by everybody else doing what they already do that's how we're gonna find out who we are i think too many times when you try to integrate high level players there's a tendency to you know 
know, put on a different mask to try to help somebody fit in. I think that, from my perspective, I think that prolongs what you're trying to accomplish. I think the more we live in who we are and, and, and live up to uh, the character of our team, it allows for the people that you're integrating to fit in and see where they can be effective and so they can be themselves as well. And I, I don't think it would – I think I would have a lot of trepidation if we had selfish guys. We just don't. Um, we move the ball from an offensive perspective, and in, on defense we sacrifice for each other. So I'm hopeful that – you know, it's only one game, but I'm hopeful that everybody just remains in character so that we can figure out who we can be. Remaining in character. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, and look, it wasn't necessarily in place last night. Rob Perez, who uh, tweets about the NBA at, at Worldwide Wob, did you see his tweet last night? No. No, I did not. Like some of these basic sunsets tonight have gone to bleep and they just stand there looking at each other for answer, answers until they realize, oh, we have Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Then it's two points. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, listen. And again, this is this this to me is one of those deals where th- that's that is the ultimate benefit of a guy like Kevin Durant, where you're going to get into these these games and these sets and these possessions against really good defensive teams and you're going to get nothing going and then you're going to get the ball into his hands and he's going to shoot over somebody and make it. Mm-hmm. And it, it listen, there's a lot of reasons why uh, this is a great addition for the Phoenix Suns, but but I keep going back down to uh, right down to what we talk about in terms of what teams need to win when it matters most. Now the Suns have it. Yes, uh, definitely. Devin Booker had a great game last night. 37 points, his best game since returning from his injury. Talked uh, with John Bloom and Tim Kempton on the radio broadcast after the game about uh, finally getting to run with Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's exciting times. Um, you know, the whole whole city's been waiting on this moment right now. Um, you know, it's a start. You know, it's a new direction for us. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for, for Kev and you know, our, our whole team, you know, has embraced him, brought him in, and, and not just him, Baisley, T.J. Warren. You know, we accepted everybody with open arms, and, you know, we're just trying to play hard and, and show them how we play basketball. I think to some degree, Bick, when this trade went down, you know, there was a quiet uh-oh feeling, uh-oh mm-hmm. moment around the Western Conference, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and then we waited to see what the first offerings looked like. And last night, no, Kevin Durant played really well. Devin Booker played really well. I don't think team-wide, though, it was an uh-oh performance, which might be a benefit for the Suns. There's room for improvement. Um, you know, they they can get better as a unit. I think they will get better as a unit. Um, but to see Kevin Durant look so comfortable in mm-hmm. what he was doing out there is maybe that's the uh-oh moment in all of it. Well, yeah, and and again, I think that when you if if Chris Paul can hang in there and and find a little more juice, then I think this team is going to be a holy handful for everybody. And I don't think it matters what player number 8, 9, and 10 might do with for this team. I, I think they're, their talent will be so elite and top-heavy, they're going to smother people. I, I think that's the key component. If it's going to be just Devin and Kevin as the guys, eh, well, maybe. Then, then maybe those role players have to do a little bit more, but I don't know. I I I didn't I I didn't walk away from last night's game feeling all that. I, again, it, it's if the first game back. I would imagine that guys, role players, are are they weren't going to shine in last night's setting because it was it was the Kevin Durant show. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, and, we'll we'll see. And it's funny too. So many people talked about it. Oh, by the way, don't forget about Kevin Durant's defense or his influence on a defense. And I think last night was one of the stronger defensive games the Suns have played as a mm-hmm. team. You hold a team 
team in what's going on trend-wise in the NBA right now with teams scoring just unbelievable amounts of points. I think there was five different players that scored 40 last night in games around the league. Uh, 36% shooting. Uh, the starting guards for Charlotte, Kelly Oubre Jr., Terry Rozier, combined to go 16 for 42. Gordon Hayward didn't shoot the ball well. They held him to 91 points, 18 in the fourth quarter. That might be, as we look back on it, you know, a week from now, the biggest takeaway is, you know, how, how well the defense operated with, with Kevin Durant. Again, you put an asterisk by it. It's, it's, the, it's the Charlotte Hornets, Hornets. With, without their point guard on the floor. Yeah, I get it. I, but, you know, we, we have to react in real time yeah, know, to what we saw. I know. I know. I, I, I get that. I get that. I just I just don't think there was much degree of difficulty. And, and I think for a first night out there, that was that was about as good as you could expect for, for, for it not being a blow, uh, a blow your mind kind of night. Yeah. And then tomorrow right. they move on to Chicago. Um, Tom Leander did ask the question, you know, will Kevin Durant play in Chicago? Then said, I think he will. Chicago's not a great team either, but you look at the offensive talent that mm-hmm. they have on that team. When you have a team with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, two guys that could put the ball in the hole, it's going to be a much bigger challenge tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, and, and the and atmosphere Sunday is will be, be even better. Yes. yes, and and again, I think that's what I, that's what I'm really excited about. I think a lot of these lesser teams, whoever, however you define them, I don't think they're going to be they're going to pose much challenges for the Suns team because you know for the longest time pre Kevin Durant, you never knew when when the previous iteration of the Suns were going to go out and just leave one of those stink bombs on the court yeah. where and we've seen those games where inexplicably they're just getting blown out and it's over by halftime. Those days are over. That's not going to happen anymore. Yeah, when the Suns are a healthy put together or, or close to put together unit, I, I, I would tend to agree with you. And you pointed out like the odds of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant both having stink games at the same time, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of having the other superstar now. Can uh, You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's open at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, it is Thursday. We'll roll out an edition of Mock My World. Straight ahead, it's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Akchin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, how would you assess your expectations for Kevin Durant's debut after he played? He met them. He exceeded them. He failed to meet them. I think he met them. Yeah, met them. There's quite a big gap on this Yeah, really? Yeah, quite a big gap. 74% say he met them. Okay. 23% say he exceeded them. 3% say he failed to meet them. What are those? Pe- what is those three percent? Why? What are they looking with that 3% for? Yeah, of right. How about it? How about it? <laughs> that is today's Anderson Ford poll question. You can vote on it right now on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Bickley and Murata mock my world. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Stop it! You just didn't do it again. Are you mocking me? Mock my world returns after a week off. Last week we had Newsmakers Week, so we couldn't uh, we couldn't shoehorn Mock My World into the Thursday lineup. But two weeks ago, 
We had the cringy relatives edition of Mock My World. Got lots of votes in that one, too. Lots of votes, over 1,300 votes, and it was a clearly a two-horse race uh, that was won by the absent Sarah Cazell. Uh, 48.6% of the vote. She uh, won with Jackson Mahomes, Jamie Lynn Spears, Jaden Smith, and Rob Kardashian. Vic, you were strong, 41.2% with LeVar Ball, Amber Heard, Eminem's mom, and Marvin Gaye's dad. <laughs> It's a good uh, team. I had 5.7% of the vote. Jarrett, 4.5%. Which? Frank, St- was that a new record? For the record, is a new wow. record low. Eclipsing the 4.7% that I Jesse once that. had. Jarrett's record-setting team, Frank Stallone, Jackie Christie, Jordan Rogers, and Cooper Manning. I could see why you got 4.5%. Not so good, I don't know yeah. what my excuse was. Uh, today, in honor of Kevin Durant's debut, that will be the subject. Not Kevin Durant, but debuts. And we're branching it out. So we're looking at best debut album by a band, mm. best first movie performance, best directorial debut, best rookie season. Yep. However you want to spin the debut subject uh, okay. is up to you. All right. Uh, Jared, have we uh, done a draft order from we do. Random.org? Random.org. Dan Bickley with the number one pick. Lauren will have the second pick. Vince third and myself fourth. All right, Bick. You have got the number one selection. I have the number one selection. Okay. Uh, give me, I'm going to go local. I'm going to go Anquan Bolden in a game that I covered. Ten catches, 217 yards, two touchdowns against the Lions in his NFL debut. That was pretty earth-shattering. Yeah. They, they, they were so bad they lost that I'll, game. I'll <laughs> never forget, though, the vibe in the locker room after that game. People just were like, wow. What a dude. <laughs> and he was that dude. Uh, Lauren. Quan. <laughs> I'm going to jump to movies here. Okay. And I'm going to do directors. I'm going to do Quentin Tarantino's debut with Reservoir That's Dogs. That's a great pick. I, I had that up. on my list. I had that on my I list. So did I. I, I did too. I and, can't believe and, that went and, until yep. I looked it up, and it wasn't Good his first. Pick. It wasn't his first movie. It was his first feature-length movie. Was it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about my best friend's birthday? What about it? From 1987. Oh, a movie? No. Well, according to also what I saw, this was his first feature-length movie. IMDb told me it was in parentheses a internet movie. What was? His first, the yeah. whatever you want to call that. I don't think we need to argue about yeah, everybody, everybody kind of, I, I, the way I've always understood it, everyone looks okay. at Reservoir Dogs as Quentin Tarantino's first movie. All right, right we'll give it to you. Okay. Even though in 1987 the internet okay. wasn't, wasn't really a thing. All right. But um, <laughs> I'm going to the world of music. The debut album from Guns N' Roses. Ah. Appetite for Destruction. I'm going to have to expand my list here. I was not expecting these to no, go so did. early. You did buy that, right? I think I had that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Probably okay. on cassette. Okay. <laughs> All right, I have two picks here, and I'm going to go... I'll go with music also, because it's my favorite album, Pearl Jam 10. Mm. Ooh, that's a good one. It was right in the absolute, sort of kicked off the grunge music scene. And then I'm going with, uh, I'm going with an entire season for Ichiro Suzuki, his debut in Major League Baseball, which one. he won Rookie of the Year. And I believe MVP. That's a good pick. Even though he was a 10-year veteran. I know, professional but it was his baseball. debut in MLB. I think that's going to cost you. Not as much as Frank Stallone did. Well, don't wait for my fourth pick. Might be Frank Stallone. <laughs> Vince? Uh, I'm going to go to... I'm going to go to a rookie season in basketball. 
I'm going to go with Larry Bird. Which that, no, it's a good pick. Probably His was debut the, year. Probably yeah. was no, the wrong good. pick. <laughs> Immediately reacting to it. <laughs> well, no, the, I don't think so at all. I think okay. I think his his yeah. rookie season was. I think was, it was a twenty eight win yeah. improvement. He for won the, the MVP. Yeah. Right. Don't let the silence usually only heard in deep space throw you off. That was a good pick. <laughs> it was a good pick. All right, I'm going to keep it local in a way. I'm going to go with Austin Matthews' Ooh. first game in which he scored four goals and is the only rookie in NHL history to do so. Lord's killing it. It's a good pick. I remember in real time everybody in Arizona just being like, oh man, why isn't he here? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Dan, you got uh, back-to-back picks. All right, I'm going to take my musical album. I will take Back in Black, the debut of Brian Johnson with ACDC. Ooh, going to debut within a debut. Yeah, about that, right? That's and then uh, then another game that I covered, Trevor's story of the Colorado Rockies homeward twice in his Major League de- debut against Zach Ranke on opening day. That is right. He terrorized the Diamondbacks throughout his stay in Colorado. He did. Trevor Story debut. I'm going to go with... I I might need a little bit more research on this. The directorial debut of Orson Welles. Yes, that's correct. Citizen Kane. That is correct. Okay. Citizen Kane! Oh, wait. That's not my pick. I'm sorry. Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lauren? I was just letting you go. I was like, oh, that's a good pick. That's any, a good uh, pick. any picks about newspaper magnates that you'd like to... Uh... <laughs> no, I'm going to keep it in movies, but I'm going to go with Julie Andrews' film debut as Mary Poppins. Ooh, that's that was strong. your debut? That's pretty good. Yep, she was only on Broadway before then. Oh, okay. And that was before Sound of Music, huh? It was. A year. Uh, wow. Good run for Julie Andrews, I'd yes. say. Yeah, how about it, right? Uh, and the most anticlimactic pick in Mock My World history. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with Citizen <laughs> Kane. Patrick Kane. Either Patrick any, Kane. Anybody, Daddy Kane. Kane. Anybody here see Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> you ever see Citizen Kane? No. I did. I, I did. did in uh, eighth grade film study class. Yes, I think I, I saw it in uh, high school film I don't think I was all that impressed, to be honest. Yeah, it's technically good. It's a little dull. Technically? Okay. It's pretty good. All right. My last uh, two picks here, I'm going with the Vegas Golden Knights, who made the Stanley Cup final their first season ever as a franchise. Mm. And I'm going with this uh, game debut. One of the most hyped players, I think, in recent memories, baseball, Steven Strasburg who struck out 14 with no walks in his debut. The first pitcher ever to strike out 11 or more without any walks in their debut. Wow. And then immediately went on the uh, injury. IL for the rest of his career. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go... I'm not going to go there. Yes, I am. I'm going to go with the rookie season... His career didn't turn out to be much, but he was a phenomenon as a rookie and basically a rookie only. Sticking with my bird theme, Mark the Bird Fidrich. Most of our audience probably too young to uh, recognize that. He was a phenomenon. You remember that. He was just reminded me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I talked to the ball, talked to his hat. Yeah. Yeah, He's kind of nuts. Lauren? 
For my last pick, I'm going to go to music. And I'm going to do Britney Spears' debut single, Baby One More Time. <laughs> that was a phenomenon. Yeah, it I was. remember the first time I saw that video when it popped on MTV. And I went, yeah, this I could see this girl probably having a career. That's exactly what I said. Right. Yep, millions of creeps just like you said the same thing. We see how that played I out was, for her. I was right. Yes, you were. All right, Bick, you got the last pick. All right, I'm going to pick it. This is sort of like a debut inside of a debut, but I'm just going to call it the debut of guitarist Eddie Van Halen. It came on Van Halen's debut album. Shut up, Jared. came on Van Halen's debut album, and it, it featured Eruption, that guitar solo track with all the fretboard tapping that he did. And that was... People had never heard that blew their ever-loving minds. one, right? Yeah, I, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I, I, but, but it was... But it was... It was it was the de- debut of him. Okay. I think Running with the Devil was track one on okay. that album. All right. So I don't know. I, if you want to put it Van Halen's first album or just Eddie Van Halen, I don't eh. care. Either way. We got leeway. We got leeway. All right. The uh, draft is complete on the impressive debuts. Bick went with Anquan Bolden, Back in Black, Trevor Story, and Eddie Van Halen. Weird team. There's a mix. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, very strong. Yes. Reservoir Dogs, Austin Matthews, Julie Andrews, and... Baby, one more time by Britney Spears. I went with Appetite for Destruction, Larry Bird, Citizen Kane, uh, and Orson Welles, uh, and Mark Fidrich. Uh, Jarrett went with Pearl Jam 10, Ichiro Suzuki, the Vegas Golden Knights, and Steven Strasburg. This should be an interesting study. We'll get this up on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. You determine the winner uh, on Mock My World. Coming up next, some final thoughts as we head out here on this Thursday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Weekly and Murata, song of the day. Get me all hype. You gonna bust out the solo at the next whiskey's quicker? Yeah, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I leave all the heavy lifting to Guitar Joe. This is Eruption the uh, yes. from Van Halen. Your recollection of the track listing was right on the money, by the oh, way. Oh, is that right? Running with the Devil, track one, Eruption two. Followed by You Really Got Me. Yeah, you talk about love. I'm the one. Jamie's crying. He's crying. This was not what they used in... Uh, remember the scene in Back to the Future? When Marty goes to visit his dad back then and he you know, puts the, the, the radioactive suit on and puts the headphones on him and plays Eddie Van Halen music? Oh, right. What was, was it, that? Was it this? I think so. I think it was, too. I'm Darth Vader from, from the, the planet, planet Vulcan. Vulcan. <laughs> oh, that's right. There you go. A little uh, eruption. More of a solo than a song, but today's solo of the day here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. <laughs> Bickley and Murata going off the grid. I hit the post on that, too. 
brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. I wanted to play this. Um, Wolf and Luke, Burns and Gambo, uh, a couple times this week. Diamondbacks had back-to-back home games at Salt River Field, so both of the shows were out there for some spring training action, and they you know got a parade of guests. And you know Corbin Carroll was on with Burns and Gambo, and he became the topic of a discussion that those guys had with Alec Thomas. And I found this so funny. Here's a snippet of Burns and Gambo's uh, conversation with Alec Thomas. There's right. so much energy when he runs, too. He's just going by a mile a minute. Yeah, um, his face, by the way, is just awful. I mean, if you, ever, if you ever crap. see his face when he's running, is brutal. I told him, you need to change your face, man. You look like you're about to poop your pants or do something <laughs> so, like so that. So we've, we've heard of, like, you know, resting you-know-what face. You're yeah, talking about, like, right. running Corbin Carroll face. I've never yeah. noticed this he's, before. He's running like he's Corbin been on Carroll the toilet for about 10, 15 minutes, <laughs> and, uh, and he really needs to get this last one out. And he just can't. And that's what it looks like. <laughs> wow. 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 So juvenile. So juvenile. I oh, agree. right. Of you find that you know, alley. And normally. <laughs> Man, you look like you're about to poop your pants. <laughs> It's Normally, it's when, nuts. I don't know, a certain mm-hmm. member of the show goes off on these uh, bathroom-related uh, tangents. I kind of roll my eyes, but I found that to be so funny because he had obviously given it a lot of thought. Alec oh, Thomas they, to they present ob- it on the radio. Yes, they obviously uh, get on Corbin Carroll about this as well. You yes, keep running that funny. fast, Corbin yeah. Carroll. Who cares what face you make? Run, <laughs> Corbin, run! Yeah, that was one... How about- how about when we had Jeff Passon on yesterday, how much he just raved about Corbin Carroll yes. as a special player. It's That's exciting. A, that piece hasn't come out yet, has it? I haven't seen no, it. Neither have I. Uh, that boy sure was a running fool. <laughs> uh, and you know what else that, that uh, indicates to me? Pretty good vibe among youngsters on the uh, Diamondbacks roster. And two key guys in Thomas and Carroll mm-hmm. that are going to be playing in the same outfield, but... You get that kind of ribbing on a radio yep. show that early in your career. Those are guys that are comfortable yep. where they are and probably looking forward to playing some baseball this year. At least that's the way I view it. Justin says it was out the window by Van Halen and Back to the Future. Is that what it was? Oh. That sounded a lot like Eruption. We're out the window. What album is that from? Do you know? I don't. Eh. Certainly not a debut. Uh, we touched no. on this earlier in the show in uh, in uh, Rush Hour Reboot, but the story coming out of the PGA Tour, where the PGA Tour is not just cutting and pasting what Live Golf is doing, mm-hmm. certainly not from a financial standpoint, although these elevated purses are a thing, but starting in 2024, eight designated events uh, in 2024 and beyond will have fields between 70 to 80 players, so a, a pared down field mm-hmm. and no cuts meaning all the entire field's going to be in it for four rounds which mm-hmm. could kind of make for some I don't know some weirdness on Saturday and Sunday uh, Live Golf tweeted out imitation is the greatest form of flattery Congl- congratulations PGA Tour welcome to the future um, others you know they had uh, different views Rory McIlroy who's been the most vocal of the PGA Tour golfers remaining in the battle against Liv, said, I want to give everyone a fair shake at this, which I think this structure has done. There's ways to play into it. It's trying to get the top guys versus the hot guys, right? I think that really creates a compelling product. 
Um, and he's kind of talked about um, you know, no cut events have existed in yeah. the past. I just thought it was a little bit soon to be leaning into something that was so trumped up by 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 Liv Golf. Oh yeah, listen, it, I just I think it's because people on the PGA Tour now realize that this might be the time to try to snuff out Liv Golf, and 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 it's coming off that terrible television rating they did last week when they had a rare platform. Point they had two. their own, they had their own network, and they were going up against the Honda Classic that had nobody in the field. So if there was ever a time when you could flaunt your star power, that was it, and they did a point two. Now, might that get better? Maybe, but I think what the PGA Tour has done, they're not making concessions that live golf is better. They're changing their own rules so nobody else leaves the PGA Tour for live golf. There's already rumblings that Brooks Brooks Kepka um, is having buyer's remorse about this. Um, it, it, so I, I don't know where the whole thing is going. I know a lot of people have heard rumblings. Jack Nicholas came out and said that the WM Phoenix Open will not have elevated status. status next year. They're going to give that to Pebble Beach instead. And a lot of people reached out to me wondering, is this bad? No, this isn't bad at all. What what this elevated status, this is not a reward. This is a gimmick. This is a way to get great fields to a tournament to get better turnout. The Waste Management Phoenix Open and the Thunderbirds, they're going to get 200,000 people on a Saturday. If the weather's good, they're coming out. Yes. It doesn't matter who the field is. That's true. So the elevated status and in my gut feeling, even though I don't know this for a fact, I think it actually hurt this past year's tournament. I think it made the tournament too careful. Personally. But that I'd have nothing to back that up on. And the, that that just elevation my is not guaranteed moving no. forward. That's going to be a revolving group of elevated yeah. events every and it's, year. And it's not going to be given to the WM Phoenix Open according to Jack Nicholas next year, nor does it need to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I'm trying to make clear is this is, not, this is not a loss of status. This is just a tool the PGA Tour is using to make sure they get great fields in places that are having slumping attendance. Yes. There's no slumping attendance in Arizona Look, when the, it comes to golf. The WM Phoenix Open's status is the event itself, the atmosphere. Exactly. That's, exactly. What, that's what separates it on the tour. Was it cool to have the best golf? I mean, what did they have, 19 of the top yeah, 20? Yeah, but did it matter? And no. Cameron Smith was the only guy who wasn't there because he's over right. on the live tour. Right. Uh, there's some lasting smoke coming out of the Super Bowl, by the way. From what I gather, Juju Smith-Schuster is like the Jackson Mahomes of NFL (laughs) wide receivers. The fact that he loves TikTok and the fact that he gets under everybody's skin. Uh So apparently A.J. Brown of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles sent a direct message to uh, Juju Smith-Schuster that was pretty vile. <laughs> really? Uh, I don't want to play them games, kids. If you want to see me, I'm with it. You better go to Cabo and uh, enjoy your ring and stop bleeping with me. Leave me off all of your TikTok bleep. Bleep. Uh, that was followed by a tweet that was deleted. At Team Juju, you really need to find uh, you somebody else to play with. Don't let that ring get you. Beat the blank up. Because I'm with all the dumb bleep. I'm not going to speak on it no more. And then that was deleted. Wow. Juju Smith-Schuster. Wow. It's <laughs> a lot of bleep. Pushing some buttons. Yeah. 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 He really, the bleep button. really rubs people the wow. wrong way. Wow. How about that, huh? 
And he's not even that good. Yes. Here's something to look for, though. Uh, and this is just out there, and I've heard one NFL insider suggest it as a possibility. Yeah. You know, we're on the precipice of this offseason with uh, with the Cardinals and league uh, league year starting roster construction. We're all wondering about DeAndre Hopkins' future. I don't think he'll be here. I don't think you think he'll be here. Nope. Uh, what the trade looks like uh, in terms of what they get back remains to be seen. But this person suggested the Kansas City Chiefs are at the top of the list of teams that are going to be vying for DeAndre Hopkins. Patrick Mahomes and DeAndre Hopkins together. They won a Super Bowl without a go-to receiver. Travis Kelsey is a go-to tight end, but you add Hopkins to that mix. Oof. Isn't there a salary cap in football? <laughs> Does it not apply to some teams? <laughs> some teams are really good at uh, circumventing it or dealing with it. There's no doubt about that. That is going to do it for us on this Thursday. Thank you so much to Tom Leander for joining us. Uh, we will be back tomorrow bright and early at 6. Wolf and Luke up next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have a great day.